Hello, and welcome to another episode of In All Sincerity, the heart-to-heart podcast about connecting, communicating, and learning more about others. I'm your host for today's episode, Dalen Turk, and joining me is uh, someone who I know from my radio days working for Entercom. I think we worked together for about a year. Um, he is a co-founder and, uh, I believe, creative director of Fearworm Hot Advertising, and as of, oh goodness, April 2021... He is a uh, holder of a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is the topic of today's episode. So without further ado, Patrick Stanger, thanks for joining me. Yeah, that was quite an intro. You thanks know, for having I, me. I try to do what I can. I try to uh, treat my guests well and uh, introduce them with a, a lot of bravado, a lot of excitement to the listeners, mm-hmm. um, because today we're talking about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like I said, and that is something that... Up until, I guess, a few days ago, I didn't know a lot about. Um, but for those listening, um, when I reached out to Patrick about doing this episode, he said, yeah, I'm down. But with one stipulation, you've got to come in and give it a try. So I, I was a, I was like, well, I don't know how successful I'll be. And he's like, no, you'll suck. <laughs> I was like, oh, appreciate it, bud. And so I was like, great, let's do it. So I went into his gym and, um, you know, he showed me some really cool things. He showed me some, um, as he called it, um, some more defense uh, mm-hmm. style Brazilian jiu-jitsu, BJJ. Um, he showed me some uh, groundwork, some uh, um, choke holds, um, showed me a little bit more of kind of the sports side of the mm-hmm. martial arts. But uh yeah, so could you tell the listeners and I, I guess, a little bit about what exactly Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is and, and where it came from? Um, because I know a lot of people, they hear mixed martial arts and they mm-hmm. you know immediately think of like UFC. But I think what a lot of people don't realize is, is how many different forms there are and mm-hmm. how different they are. So how did this one come to be? Well, yeah, I mean, because it is kind of a... It is weird because jujitsu, like traditional jujitsu, um, is Japanese. It's a Japanese martial art that the samurais practice. Interesting. And so, yeah. And so how did you get like, like, how do we get Brazilian jujitsu on there? Like, okay. That's weird. Right. It's kind of a weird thing. I mean, if people really stop and think about it, why is it called Brazilian jujitsu? Mm-hmm. Well, that's because and one time in history, for whatever reason, um, and I can't remember his name, a, a Japanese man years ago, years ago, went from Japan to Brazil and to live. And um, he ended up getting involved with the Gracie family. And he trained their, um, this, this guy's uh, kids in the art of Japanese jiu-jitsu. They did like a trade. And all my jiu-jitsu friends were like, oh, man, dude, you're totally blowing this story. Um <laughs> I'm like, I should have probably read over it again to re- remind. I know the basic concept of it, um, of what happened. I mean, but basically, more than it, I know. <laughs> it, it, right. More than probably most of the listeners know, besides my jujitsu friends that are listening. They're just like totally like, you know, dogging What's me out. Right insane. Now. Um, so, yeah, that's like I'm doing the show for. Right. And make sure I get it right. But um, <laughs> the, the Japanese man that was trained in jujitsu trained. Um, oh, gosh, I want to say it was. Carlos Gracie? Oh, somebody's going to correct me. Um, trained them on jujitsu, traditional Japanese jujitsu. And what 
what happened was it was really jujitsu was really built for, you know, strong, big guys to, you know, it was a lot of throws and, mm-hmm. and it took some strength to do that. Um, Helio, Helio Gracie was uh, smaller. He was a smaller guy. You know, do you know, what, do you know if it was fifth. focused on kind of the, the bigger, more, you know, st- stronger, bigger people in Jimmy, because that's, were those people most likely to be, Samurai, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, they would use it in war, right? And and so to uh, you know, to maim somebody, you know, they you know throw them and you know break their arm or whatever, right? And so you know, you had to be strong uh, to be able to do that. And so you know, Helio was um, five nine. Oh wow, yeah, and he wasn't uh, he wasn't that big, so he had to he had to learn how to take Japanese jujitsu and evolve it to fit his size. And so that's, so, he kind of manipulated it to make it his own. Absolutely, man. He totally made it for anyone and everyone to use because what he did was figure out ways to leverage size and in a, in a combat self-defense situation to be able to render your opponent, um, you know, what do you say? Uh, unconscious or, you know, <laughs> right. uh, injured or. Um, and so it sounds like this is he, he really took technique to heart because he recognized yeah. I'm a smaller guy. Like these are much bigger people. This is a, a style that's designed for larger people. Let's take mm-hmm. this technique and fine tune it so that everybody can leverage it and use it. Yeah. And I think he just did it for himself. Right. Because he just needed to figure out how I can use this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he would compete and all of that. And. You know, you know, he had a lot of success and he trained his kids, you know, but I'll get back to, you know, kind of talk about like um, the way it's built is that, you know, I think he was under 150 pounds. I'm pretty sure I want to say 135. Um, Yeah, that's skinny dude. Yeah, not very big, you know, five, nine, you know, so so he had to learn how to to use it where he could leverage and use that technique, you know, um, that would work for him. And so then, you know, he started training his kids You know, he had a lot of kids. I don't remember. It was like 10 or something. <laughs> Again, all my friends are like, Oh God, he's a hand dying. Don't you know that? You know? So, but, um, I guess we'll see if we get any emails. <laughs> no, right. We just need to tell the basic story because this is an intro to jujitsu for people as uh, Brazilian jujitsu, I would <laughs> say. Right. So, um, <clears throat> But yeah, so he, you know, he trained his kids in the art of jujitsu, right? And what, what happened was that they would, this was in Brazil, they would put these articles in like the newspaper or magazines or martial arts magazines, and they would challenge people to come to their school and try out, you know, to test their martial art against um, what they called Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. And um, is it still referred to uh, that as Gracie Jiu-Jitsu today? There it is. Yeah. <laughs> you got I don't it. know if it's on my shirt, but it may be on the back. I got one. Yes, it is. I mean, it, the, uh, it, the the more common name is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Right. But for um, those but yeah, Gracie, in it, probably know Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu from the straight from the hose is a lot of self-defense moves. Gotcha. You know, it's mostly just self-defense. And um, so, yeah, but it, th- these guys would take them up on the offer. They'd show up at their gym and you know, whatever, you know, Kung Fu style, you know, and, uh, and, and challenge the, uh, the great, you know, some, a member of the Gracie family to a fight in the gym. 
And the, the Gracies will win every time with their technique, hmm. you know, as it was a style of, you know, that involved throwing and, and controlling and uh, leverage and, you know, um, obviously grappling ground manipulation, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, chokes, you know, and you leverage somebody's arm, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. threaten to break their arm. It's pretty, uh, it's a pretty good way to get someone to tap, right? right. I mean, it, we, well, we talked about it the other day um, when you and I were uh, working out in the gym. And it's it's for somebody who doesn't doesn't know the style and doesn't understand groundwork and grappling and chokes and everything. And someone whose focus is mainly in striking. Like once once a jujitsu person gets you down or gets a hold of you, there's really nothing you can do. Like unless you know how to maneuver mm -hmm. it like it, it there's just so much control no absolutely and that's the thing about fighting is that if you're a stand-up martial art guy and those against those guys are good man they're technical yeah, right yeah absolutely um, but all fights go to the ground mm -hmm. i've seen a lot of fights i've been in i've been in some fights and they all went to the ground i mean i told you a story about the guy that was like five five that that kicked my butt in high school uh, because he had some wrestling experience, you know, he took me down and I couldn't get up, you know, and I'm like, I was like six one. <laughs> I mean, this goes to show like it, it matters, yeah. you know, and yeah, so it was really embarrassing, you know, but I mean, the guy was a really good wrestler and, and, um, you know, I give him credit, you know, and, and ever since then I had a whole new respect for grappling. And so, and so they're, they're starting to compete, you know, people come to the gym mm -hmm. Am I correct in saying that they kind of took this and created what we now know as the UFC? Am I wrong in saying that? Yeah. So what they did, you know, the Gracies end up moving to the United States. So, yes, and, and correct. They are the ones that, in fact, did start the UFC um, because that when the UFC started, that was the challenge. You know, it was, it was the ultimate fighting championship. Right. Which is where the name came from. Mm -hmm. Like who has the ultimate fighting style? Um, but, you know, going back a little bit before that, whenever the Gracies came to the United States, they were just training out of their garage and just doing the same kind of challenges, you know. And so, I mean, you can look up videos of, you know, early, you know, Gracie challenge, look up the Gracie challenge and you can see these, you know, uh, martial artists go, come into the gym. <clears throat> you know, they, they're in there and they're, they got their, you know, whatever fighting style or whatever. And then you got the Gracie over there and his gi or whatever. And, you know, the, you know, the Gracie's just kind of wiped the floor with everybody, <laughs> took them down. And, you know, and there's even some video where this like you clearly see that they could tap them out and finish them. But they're toying with the guy. Oh, you yeah. Know? You talked enough crap like they would just sit there and toy with you and make it last a little longer. You know, that is interesting. <laughs> it's, it's kind of an homage today. Like you see so many, whether it be, you know, boxers or mixed martial artists, whatever, how many of them start from these humble beginnings and how many of them are incredibly successful, but they still have these, you know, they still go to the local gym. They still, you know, work out in their garage. You know, they still, you know, maybe live with their parents. Um, it's, it's interesting to see that comparison to the beginnings of this, you know, style and how, you know, how people go about it and live their lives around it is still happening today. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's grown. It's this giant business. And, um, there's a lot of interest in it. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the, to go back to the whole Gracie, um, mm -hmm. 
the Gracie challenge, like a lot of those guys that they beat up in the challenge, you know, start training with them, you know? Oh, right. I want you to train me, you know, like I spent, you know, 15 years of my life learning, dedicating my life to this martial art and you just kicked my butt, you know, in five minutes. That's that's interesting (laughs) that, that people, instead of becoming hostile towards it or, you know, denying it or whatever, they wanted to learn it. They want, they, this new thing came in and they're like, crap, like, let's figure this out. Let's learn. That's, that's really fascinating to hear. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, and, and when you really think about the, you know, how fights happen and then we talked about this yesterday, you know, they all go to the ground. Well, I mean, I just talked about, I mean, they, they all go to the ground and, and, um, it's, it's one of those things where it, it may not be as sexy, right. To get in there and, and, and to do the grappling stuff, you know, all the kicking and the punching and, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, I'm going to jump and spin kick a board or whatever, you know, that's all <laughs> cool looking, right. Bruce Lee, all that stuff, you know, Chuck Norris. But, you know, if you want to win a fight, you want to go home, you know, you don't engage with anyone ever. Yeah. Um, well, in a, I mean, one how of the, trained you are, you know, don't engage, take them down yeah. and choke them out. One know, of the like, main things you showed me the other day, um, starting with like our defensive things, like the main thing is basically a really tight hug. Mm-hmm. Like they come at you and you just hug them low and tight and just hold them. Like that's, yeah. that's basically it. And that's, and then you create separation, move away or, you know, whatever move it is, you're either in or out. But it's literally just a really tight hug. <laughs> like, yeah, and that's it. Like, it, you know, avoid the fight if you can. Walk away, right? Um, but if you're you're gonna, you know, you're in it in a bar, right? And you see these guys bumping chests or whatever. You know, a guy gets in a guy's face and he just stands there. You know, the other guy don't want to back down, and one of the guys is the aggressor a lot of the times. You know, and you're just sitting there waiting to get punched in the face. You know, and, and the thing is, is, is that as soon as somebody moves into your territory, your space, right? You want to step back. You want to make sure you get out of the range of their arms, right? Mm -hmm. Their hand. You don't want them hitting you and knocking you out. And with that said, you really don't want to engage with them either. You know, you don't want to engage in a, I'm going to punch you. You're going to punch me fight that if you really want to win and go home or, you know, like just don't even bother in a self-defense situation. There's no reason for that unless you're going to compete for, you know, and that's what you're doing because you could get knocked out just as easy. I could be a trained fighter. You know, and, and have years of boxing and I could, you know, and I could still get knocked out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's probably rare, you know, because boxers are really good at covering their face and, you know, movement. And uh, and if they hit you and you're not trained, they're going to knock you out. Oh, yeah. You know, but it still could happen. Maybe you look drinking a little bit that much that night or whatever. And so, you know, they, like I was showing you, it's either, you know, you control the distance, you know, so you're either in or you're out. So first thing you do is you step back and you put your hands up and you go, hey, buddy, it's cool. You know, I, I don't want any trouble. And then your hands are near your face. So that way, if they do throw a punch at you, mm-hmm. you can deflect them. You don't want to make fists because you make a fist and that says, hey, I'm, I want to fight. Yeah, that's insinuating you know? something. So that's your first thing, you know, is just create some space. And and if they continue to aggress and, you know, and be the aggressor and come at you and get in and you can't go anywhere, then like I showed you, yeah, you come in tight, protect your face. And then you grab them around the waist and, you know, you just hold on, um, until you can, you know, push off and get away. Right. You know, if you don't know jujitsu, if you know jujitsu, then, you know, you can maneuver around to the back, take them down and you can break their arm or choke them unconscious or whatever. <laughs> I, I, my favorite thing 
before we switch, I want to start talking about your journey. But my favorite thing is when we talk about like the the technique and you're going through me and you like, you know, you can push away and then you so nonchalantly or you could break their arm, put them in a choke, you know, <laughs> snap their leg. And I'm just like, yeah, we could do that. Sure. <laughs> yeah, of course we can. That's, that's a logical next step. I'm just going to snap your arm in half. <laughs> you have options, right? It's you, nice you to have do, options. It's true. You do. You can step away or you can, you know, break them at the elbow, like <laughs> whatever you need to do. But so, you know, there's there's a big history with mixed martial arts and Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know, spanning mm-hmm. from Japan. But where, where did it start for you? How did you get involved mm-hmm. in Brazilian jiu-jitsu? I, I understand it was some 10 years ago you got into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, man, that's a story that goes. Had you, had you been aware of Brazilian jiu-jitsu before that? Before I got started, yes, I was. You know, when I well, I've, so I've been doing it eleven years now, and you know, I I really, you know, for the longest time, I didn't follow the UFC. Um, you know, and, and I want to say around two thousand six. I think it was like Brock Lesnar's first fight. Right. And I wasn't, a, I wasn't a wrestling fan of WWE either. I just was like, Oh my gosh, this guy, like like, I want to see this guy fight. Like, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. You know, yeah. Let me look at him. You know, it was a specimen. <laughs> you know, knife tattooed on his chest. The guy's like 300 pounds. Like, you know, yeah. He's so insane. I'm like, I ordered the pay-per-view. Um, now, but you back up a little bit of ways, and I actually attended my first mixed martial arts event in Austin, Texas. It was a local event. Oh, that's cool. Because, you know, I, I do voiceover. So mm-hmm. I'm a voiceover artist. I was in radio for almost 30 years, but I'm still, you know, I was a voiceover artist uh, during that time and did production and whatnot. So I had a um, client that represented, he was the ad agency that represented uh, King of Combat, which was a local mixed martial arts um, promotion. Mm-hmm. And so I did the commercial for it. Oh, that's cool. And yeah. And I got tickets to the show and I went and I was like, Oh my God, I love this. This is the thing, right? Like <laughs> I just had never paid attention. I don't know where I'd been. You know, I know it's been around a long time. I mean, this was like 2006 or seven. Yeah. Something there, probably 2007. It just like really clicked for you. It just, it clicked. And, and, and I remember seeing one of these fights and you would look at, and I just remember seeing like, oh, here's this big guy. He's got all these muscles, you know, and he had this fighting style that was, you know, wow. And then there's this other little skinny guy over there. I'm like, oh, he's going to get torn up. And no, it was the other way around. The little yeah. skinny guy tore up the uh, muscly guy, right? Because he used jujitsu. Hmm, that's fascinating. All of that jujitsu, you know, there for the first time. And I was just amazed by it. Um, my friend Neil was with me and he was actually doing jujitsu at the time mm-hmm. himself. He had started, he'd been doing it a long time. So I was familiar with jujitsu through my friend Neil, um, was one of my, you know, he, cause he had been doing it. And so he was there with me kind of explaining like, yeah, you know, blah, 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 jujitsu. And that's what he did. And so that's kind of where the seed was planted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I end up like, uh, ordering, like I said, that pay-per-view event and, and then um, I got involved with the uh, that promotion because it was such a horrible production. Was it really? Oh, it was horrible. The production <laughs> was horrible. Oh, oh no. Oh, it was so, 
so bad. Like I enjoyed the fights. That was great. But the product, it was just feedback and people didn't know what they were. Nobody knew what anybody was doing in, in, you know, in the cage, you know, like it was just a big mess. There was one guy and I swear he was like drunk or something. I don't know. (laughs) On the mic and hollering. Um, But anyway, I ended up getting involved. You know, I think I can help you guys with the production. You know, somehow I'd, I'd love to do something. And they're like, well, we need a ring announcer. And I said, okay, well. No I, way. Know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a voiceover artist. So, I, uh, yeah, of course. I mean, I'll give it a shot. And I didn't know anything about ring announcing. So you you, you started ring announcing for some MMA fights? Yeah. That's... I started ring announcing for the uh, King of Combat. <laughs> that um, is like the most badass thing you could do. That is awesome. Man, I tell you what, it was a lot of fun. Uh, what, was it, what was it like doing your first fight? Well, it was pretty nerve wracking, but man, I, just the, the feel of being in there, because, you know, the ring announcer is the one, like if you watch UFC's Bruce Buffer, is right. the one that's like, it's time, you know, a lot of people get Joe Rogan, they think he's the ring announcer, it's like, right. no, Joe Rogan is a commentator. Yes. You know, he commentates and then he'll go in and talk with a fighter, but the actual ring announcer is like, you know, Bruce Buffer, Michael Buffer, they're brothers, half brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... It, you have to, you know, portray a lot of energy and, you know. Did you um, have a, a, like a specific thing that you said? <laughs> I did. I never caught on. Uh, it was, it was, uh, <laughs> I don't even want to say. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> oh, no. What was it? Um, we, we bout, we bout, B-O-U-T. We bout. Tussle. We, we bout to tussle. <laughs> didn't didn't quite catch the crowd. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work. But um, I mean, hey, that's then, still an incredible experience. Okay. I I enjoyed doing it though. I mean, it was fun. I mean, I did it for like five years. You know, wow. And um, yeah, did I did some pretty big events, you know, and did some pay per view, um, worldwide. I don't know, worldwide pay per view, some state TV, and that's I was in awesome. a movie. <laughs> you were in uh, a movie with it. I was in, I played a ring announcer in a movie. Oh uh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It's called circle of pain, circle of pain. Wow. And it, it's, and, and it's a circle of pain because it's so bad. It's so painful to watch. Oh, I'm going to have to look this but up on Amazon. You can get it on Amazon. Oh, I'm, I'm going to have to check this out. <laughs> well, there's more sex scenes in it than there are fighting. I mean, you know, I mean, who's your audience, right? Like I, it'll pick somebody up. I, <laughs> Jesus. No, it was so bad but it was uh, it was uh kimbo slice was in it oh there you go um, i mean that's a big name you remember dean kane yeah superman? he played superman he was in it <laughs> dean he played kane mm-hmm. oh my god that's so absurd kimbo slice and dean kane in a in a mma movie you know like <laughs> that's incredible uh, yeah it was oh roger Werka was in it i don't know if you know who that is uh um frank Mir. Man, oh, you are just a, a, a renaissance man. Like, my goodness. <laughs> so yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a cool experience. You've been announcing for a handful of years. When mm-hmm. did you when did you get into your mind, hey, like I want to actually do this? Man, I'd kind of been working up to it for a while. And I'd always had an interest. In fact, when I first went and saw the fights, I, I wanted to fight. Just put me in the ring, coach. I was like, oh, I could do that. You know, like, what am I, you know, what am I thinking? I could just do that, right? right. Like, 
I mean, I was like 36, you know, like I hadn't been fighting my whole life. I mean, I'd done a little bit of stuff, you know, martial arts and stuff, you know, basics. <laughs> but I, you know, I was drawn to it. And um, so I just, I had a real interest in it. And as my, you know, I started a voice, I started a podcast for an MMA, MMA podcast too, mm-hmm. called Voice of the Cage. And I would interview fighters and UFC fighters and Brazilian jiu-jitsu people or whatever. And so I was, I wanted to learn more about it. And I felt like the best way to do that would be to join a gym and do it, you know, but I also had an interest in it, but I, you know, cause I didn't go do it just for, because I was a ring announcer because I had a podcast. Like I really was interested obviously. Right. right? And so <clears throat> I ended up meeting a guy named Sean Cooper at one of the fight promotions. Um, so like we'd have weigh-ins in the fights or whatever, right. We'd have like the day before was the weigh-ins, the fighters would show up and, and so you get to kind of chat with some of their uh, training camps and coaches and whatnot. Right. And I, you know, I'd seen Sean around, you know, he was like one of the nicest guys that I'd ever uh, come across, you know, like I'm not saying the other guys weren't nice, but they might've been, in, they might've been intimidating. Right. right. <laughs> That's all I could say. Sean just, just, he would always smile. Very like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. You know, like he just made you feel good. Very you know? approachable. And, and, And that made it easy for me to like reach out and say, Sean, man, I'm interested in trying this. He said, yeah, man, come on in. You know, and and, and the gym just happened to be like on the same side of town, pretty close to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like I got really lucky there. Um, So he invited me in and, you know, I I went in one day on a Saturday. It was a Saturday. And uh, I mean, I took, I took, I don't know, what did I take? I think I took the boxing class and then jujitsu was right after that. And, uh, man, I was hooked. I loved it. I had such a great workout. And what man, was it about, what was it about the jujitsu that caught you <clears throat> rather than the boxing? Well, man, mm, that's a good question. Cause I really like boxing. Yeah. Um, not so much Muay Thai, not a Muay Thai guy, you know, but I really like boxing. Boxing is so simple. It's mm-hmm. so incredibly technical. Like <laughs> you, I mean, it is such a beautiful art when done right, but there's only a really a few moves um, that you really need to master like over and over and over. Right. Um, I just, I love boxing. I really do. You know, just the, you know, the jab, the cross, you know, and mm-hmm. um, just the, the, you know, the different movements associated with it. Um, but I um, was drawn to jujitsu because I didn't want to get hit in the face. Um, <laughs> that's, I, that's fair. That's, <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, and and you could, you know, if you ever listen to Joe Rogan, you know that you can. The difference is you can full on spar in jujitsu. You can pretty much go one hundred percent. Although I wouldn't recommend it all the time. Um, you can go one hundred percent. Whereas in a stand up uh, situation, whether it's Muay Thai or boxing, you can't really go one hundred percent because. I mean, there's only so many times you can, you know, take a headshot like right, that. Right, yeah. And your body, you know, especially being older, like I was when I started at 39, 40, you know, just, I mean, I, I broke my my uh, tibia or something um, doing the, one of the MMA classes. A guy checked a kick on me. And oh, I broke, really? I, I fractured that bone and, yeah, and I just, you know, was, I mean, I was doing all the classes, right? I was doing the, you know, the boxing, I was doing... Um, what was it? Uh, the Muay Thai, um, the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I was doing all of them, just learning as much as I could about them. Right. And, um, and I, and I picked up stuff and I loved it. 
but I just kind of gravitated more towards jujitsu, um, you know, and just, and I stopped doing all the other stuff. I, I, I still took boxing every now and then, but, but yeah, the jujitsu just had a, um, Oh, there's a, well, you can go really hard, but there's also a flow to it that is magic, you know, that I never experienced before. Mm-hmm. And to be able to manipulate and control somebody, like I said, I mean, I had been in that fight, you know, when I was like, I don't know, 15 years old, 14, maybe where that little, that little short grappler guy took me on the ground and controlled me and I couldn't move. So I'd always had that in my mind that I never want to fight a wrestler, you know, again. <laughs> right. It's, I'd always, I was really curious, you know, and um, I realized that at a young age that that was the way to go was really, if you want to survive is to learn how to grapple because most mm-hmm. fights will end up on the ground. And what there was that, but there was also just the, the, the flow of jujitsu, just learning. It was these, these movements that, that had this nice magical flow to them that led to something deadly, you know, mm-hmm. um, it was a ballet of death. Right. And <laughs> what a description. <laughs> I just came up with that. I don't think anybody's ever used the that ballet of but... death, Brazilian jujitsu. There we go. <laughs> yeah. But like, I understand what you're saying though, even from, you know, my one experience the other day, um, you know, you were running me through these motions, um, you Mm -hmm. know, like I'm on my back, I have my feet gripping your hips and, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm swimming backwards. You're trying to get me, give me, and then, you know, I move my legs, you fall down and it's, it's always just this swift motion of he's coming. All right, move this arm under his arm, grab his head, you know, grip. It's, it's all this motion to where you can prepare yourself for the next move. Um, yeah. It, I mean, I, like I get it. I understand. And and the thing is, is like, you know, where you were, you know, wasn't even you like the more you train and the more you do it because you were like, you were relaxed and having fun. I want to talk about that in a minute. Cause you were cracking me up, but <laughs> I want to come back to how you were uh, like your, your whole demeanor during jujitsu. Mm-hmm. But um, I do want to make this point is that when you do it regularly, jujitsu, it's like a language. So when you go and do it with another person that speaks the same language that you do, like you can understand each other. Like we're having a conversation in English. Right. You understand what I'm saying? understand what you're saying. Right. It's a little harder when somebody doesn't understand English. Right. Maybe they knew a few words and you can kind of point and, you know, yeah. like, they don't understand that much. Right. You can kind of get by which was kind of like what we were doing the other day. Cause I right. showed you a few things. So, you know, you know, we're kind of getting by you're not communicating terribly great, but whenever we both know jujitsu, then there, there is, um, and we both want to train to learn to get better. <laughs> That's a difference. Right. Um, they, we can, you enter this flow and it's just a, it's a, it's incredible. Um, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but you're on the ground and you just, you're in this ever flowing mm-hmm. movement where, you know, one moment I could be on top and going for a submission or whatever. And then I get swept, you know, he moves me over. Now he's on top and, right. you know, moves around. Maybe I'm in the turtle. I curl up in the turtle and, it, and it's just a constant flowing uh, movement that happens. Now there's times when I could get, you know, obviously you get controlled or maybe like, a, you know, you're inside control. That's where I'm, I'm kind of like sideways on chest on chest and I'm on top. Right. And I'm pinning you mm-hmm. right now. That's not as much fun. <laughs> right. Um, but I don't know. It's, um, 
it's actually a really good question. I just, just enjoy it. It's such a good workout. I always feel so much better afterwards. And then, and then I think that there is a certain transfer of confidence um, mm-hmm. as you, you know, walk out into the street too. Over the years, have you, have you discovered kind of a, a therapeutic aspect of it for you? No, oh, absolutely. It's and probably we- closer to God. Really? How so? There is a, uh, and that is whatever you make it, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I say that, I mean, it just, there's clarity, you know, when you, tra- and when you train really hard and you, and you put your mind to something, right? So you're, so, so I had a, a, a there's a discipline that I'm following where I'm using my mind, but I'm also using my body, right? Mm-hmm. I'm using my physical body. I'm using my breath. And when you put those things together, it's like the world disappears. You don't think about anything else. And when that happens, you become present. And when you become present, you're more likely to be closer to God. There's a presence that happens. That's fascinating to hear. Yeah. How, how long do you think it took you to get there? How long? Boy, I don't was know. There, I, was there a moment you were like, all right, like, th- this well, is it? I think, I think maybe after a couple of years, mm-hmm. you know, because at first it's, it's a lot of straining that happens. And, you know, and, and I think there's a clarity afterwards, no matter what, any time you work out, you know. Um, but I, I would probably say after a couple of years, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that maybe it really just started to, uh, uh, to, to, take me to that presence, mm-hmm. you know? And when I say God, I, I know what that means to me. Right. But that can mean something else to someone else. You know what I mean? And, and, um, but that is a, it, you know, it's a, it's a warm, you know, it's a loving feeling, whatever that is. Right. And it, it's this, this, this presence of, you know, everything's okay. The, the, the voices are quiet in my head. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like I hear voices. I mean, like, all the stuff running around, right? All the things I got, you know, the stress, the anxiety of, the, of living life, you know, being in traffic or whatever it is, all these things, they all, they just, it just, it's quiet. The background noise goes away after a roll, mm-hmm. you know, like it's gone and, and you just get hooked on that. You want to chase it and it's so good for you. You know, I mean, when you have that presence and you have that, you know, that, that clarity, um, it, it's things make more sense, right? And it, it's just a more gratifying place to be. You know, it, it's it's fascinating because you know I, I'm I'm sitting here trying to think about where I I find that where you know what setting, what scene, what event it may be that brings me to that. Um, and f- and I think for me, um, you know, my 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 dream. I think we talked about it a little bit at the radio station was always to be a uh like a conflict photographer combat photographer and i um over these past few years i've taken up um going to protests and going to rallies and photographing those um and you know i I think what you're describing what you feel you know that presence that you feel from this um i think you know in, in in moments where i'm in the middle of this chaos of you know this this black lives matter protest for example that i that you know in austin they took over the front of the police headquarters. They took over the interstate I-35. Um, 
Mm-hmm. You know, there are people being shot with, you know, these mm-hmm. heavy rubber bullets being pepper sprayed right next to me. And and every time I find myself in that moment, you know, people ask me, like, why, like, why would you go do that? And for me, it's just. Ju- it's just that moment. It's like that presence, like you said, it's that clarity of this is what's happening. And I'm for me, you know, being a photographer in that situation, I'm doing everything I can to capture that moment. Um, and so, and yeah. so listening and hearing you say that. Um, you know, and comparing that to what I feel in those moments, it, it's really, um, it's fascinating to hear. Yeah. And I'm sure that is probably, you're probably even getting way closer there. You know, people that do, you know, that, that, that there are in combat situations, I mean, they get hooked on that, I'm sure, you know, and you're in the middle of that, all that chaos and, you know, and you're just really present. I mean, cause mm-hmm. you have, there's nothing else going on. Oh yeah. You know, it, it's in that moment that. in your mind, you know, I mean, you're in this like history making moment and there's just all this energy and action that's happening. And, and uh, yeah, I can, I could totally see that. And, and, and that's, that's always been an interesting thing that, yeah, you, I remember you've, we've talked about that a few times that you wanted to do that. You definitely need to stay in jujitsu though, if you're going to continue to pursue that kind of stuff. It, it could 100% come in handy. <laughs> I'm, I'm certain at some point in my life, it would definitely come in handy. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk to you about, I, over the past few months, I've worked a couple jujitsu tournaments um, at mm-hmm. my day job. And um, I was talking to a couple of guys um, and they're one, he, I think he was like my age or so, but he had only started in the past few years. And then there's one guy um, who was 20, but he'd been doing it since he was like eight years old. Um, and they both told me that, you know, it changed their lives. Like it's this incredible experience. But the one guy was telling me how it, it changed his life in like a, in a very practical way. And I'm curious to see if if you find that. So for example, he gave me the example of um, he was uh, um, at one tournament and they were unloading all the equipment or whatever to like into the gym you know, all the mats and all the, you know, everything. And he was stepping off the back of the truck and he tripped and fell. And he said, because of his training, mm. instead of just falling and cracking his head open, you know, he mm. knew how to catch his fall. He knew how to, you know, land with his stance. So I'm, I'm curious, do you have any instances of these, this practical use in real life from these, you know, movements and techniques that, you know? Oh boy. I have to think about that for a second. I mean, yeah, there's stories I've heard about, um, guys have been in motorcycle accidents that have crashed into cars that have done jujitsu. They, they had training and they went into a role, you know, and survived. You wow. Know? That's and, interesting. Yeah. You do these forward and backward rolls a lot of times in class mm-hmm. is kind of warm up stuff. I, I noticed and, when we were just kind of getting ready and chatting, you were like a pill bug, just like rolling around on the mat. Yeah. It's yeah, like, I mean, right. you, you learn to use your body like a, I don't know, like I said, like a hand. I don't know even how to explain it, but you learn to use everything in, at the same time. Like a, you would use your hand, right? Like I'm going to use my elbow and my knee and and my stomach, my chest, you know, to to do one thing to you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to to whatever it is that I want to do. So I'm going to, you know, not just using my arms or just using my legs, but I'm using everything all at once and um. You know, but but that is uh, that's really cool that that guy was able to survive that. I'm trying to think if there has been anything. I mean, you know, I, I you know I got an all. Oh, there was a guy coming at me a few, a few years ago. I was at a place, and he. I don't want to get into the the whole story. We're cool now, but he was pretty hot at me. Mm-hmm. He was mad at me about something, 
Um, and I, cause I had, <laughs> he had said some things about my company and, 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 you know, and it got back to him that I wasn't happy. Yeah. So he starts coming at me and, um, and I, he's making a beeline and, and I, and as soon as he gets within my range, he's coming to get in my face. Mm-hmm. I immediately step out and put my hands up just like I've been trained. Right. Yeah. I didn't even think about it. It just happened, you know? And I'm like, Hey, hey, hey whoa, 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 back off. You know, like his eyes were big. He was mad, yeah. you know, and I wasn't going to stand there and find out to see what he was going to do. Yeah. Well, like immediately just out, try and diffuse it. Get away from created, it. Created space. And, um, the look on his face was like, what is going on? Like, whoa, I just came up on the wrong guy. I guess. Right. I don't know. But, um, well, I mean, when, when someone's that, that's the last thing they expect is someone to be like, whoa, like, like chill out. It's okay. Like what's going on? Yeah. And you know, maybe he was just mad. He was going to come up and talk to me. Right. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, and the guy, I don't think that he was going to come up and start fighting me. Right. Yeah. Like it just didn't make any sense. But in that moment, looking at his face and, you know, I've had some history of some bad things happening. Right. And so that's just with me no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, I, but I, but the cool thing was, is let's say I still had that history. Right. And I hadn't had the training. Now, maybe I'm in a fight with this guy. Right. Yeah. When I didn't need to, but instead I stepped out, you know, and, and, um, but yeah, I don't know that I have any stories like that, but huh. that, that's pretty cool. Earlier, um, before, uh, you, you started talking about like the flow of jujitsu, um, you, you mentioned kind of your perspective of me when I went to the gym, um, and, touch can you touch base on that a little bit what because me coming in like Mm -hmm. (laughs) they were kind of near the end um you were um um you were basically weird i was on my back and you were trying to break through my legs and you're like you know don't break through and then you're like once i do like try and sweep me try and stop me you know try and stop the submission and it it would i'm like you're struggling trying to do it and then eventually like as soon as like the moment where like you're gonna get this submission? I'm just like, oh no, it's happening. There's nothing I can do, and that was basically be the whole time of like, there's just nothing. Like this dude can do whatever he wants to be. Like this, this is just what it is. So that's you know from the outside looking in, but from the inside looking out. Like what what was your perspective on our experience together? Well, let, let me set the stage first, so that people know. First of all, so I'm I'm 50 years old. And I'm six foot tall. I weigh 195 pounds. Mm -hmm. And I've got a little bit of muscle. But obviously, I'm a black belt in jujitsu. I've been doing this for 11 years. You come in. I don't know. How old are you now? Uh, 25. Just turned 25. 25. 235 pounds. Six, three. Mm -hmm. Bigger than me. Stronger than me. Younger than me. And I mean, and not just like. Fat, because you're not fat. Like, no. I think a lot of that weight is the muscle. Like, looking at your legs, I mean, your I, hips and legs, man. I've, I've are got, like, I got some tree trunks on me, dude. <laughs> stack. So yeah, I mean, you know, you're very strong, and you know, with that said, like, you, you, you were, you were difficult for me to control, even though I was maintaining position. I was surprised. You know, and I needed that. It was good. It was a good reminder. When you go with someone that doesn't know jujitsu, doesn't know anything at all, they all they have is their instincts and their strength. Right. right? 
And so it's good for me to be in those situations because what happens is, is I'll just train with people that know jujitsu all the time. And so we kind of, they know, you know, they, 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 they relax more. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and they flow. But someone that doesn't know jujitsu, it's like, whoa, man, I'm not as smooth as I thought I was, you know, because <laughs> I'm only smooth because the other guy is smooth and we're smooth. Oh, together, but I didn't even think of that. Yeah. 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 So I'm but I was able to maintain position and control, which I was very pleased with about. I was happy with myself, you know, because I was able to at least do that. I mean, it, it probably didn't look that pretty, but um, <laughs> I was able to do it, you know, but, there, you know, size does play a role, mm-hmm. you know, and strength does play a role. In, in these kind of situations. Um, but if you have jujitsu, you have something. Right. You, you yeah. have something, you have a way to control someone. And, and, and so, but what I noticed from you is that just like you do with anybody else is that they're going to, yeah, you know, flail around and do everything that they can to get out. You know, now I'd showed you a few stuff, you know, things yeah. like, hey, start moving your hips, you know, start swimming, which is where you shoulder walk, yeah. you know, strength, and which is where you, you know, Pivot your hips out. Mm-hmm. Um, try to move on the ground, basically. Do the most right? of a shrimp. And you did a great job at doing that, you know. And uh, you know, you're bench pressing me, you know, getting me off of you or whatever. And you know, that was making it. It was making it harder for me. I was having to work hard. And uh, I appreciate that. But what I did I notice about you. you is that you were having a good time. Oh, it was so I, much fun. I don't never heard you laugh so much. Like you were laughing while we were rolling. And I, that is such a good sign. Like I do that a lot. I love to laugh when I roll, mm-hmm. especially with, with a good buddy and I'm having a good roll because I'm having a good time. And it's, you know, if I'm getting beat, it doesn't matter. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just so joyful. And, and, and so I've trained with guys that just like, they're just, I don't know, like, I don't know how to say it. They're just so competitive and they're just, right. they don't laugh, you know? <laughs> It's just so serious. Yeah. It just it makes me a little uncomfortable. I gotta be honest. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I get that. Like, I understand yeah. that. You know, it's I mean, I, like know, I came in and I, I like, I had no idea what to expect. Like you're, you're someone who I know you're someone who I, I trust a mm-hmm. lot. Um, you know? And so when I came in, like immediately, like you start, you're doing this little, like you're just kind of bouncing around, moving your arms, moving your legs. And it, it, like from the bat, it wasn't this serious. Like, all right, we're gonna do this. It was just like, all right, like let's like this is gonna be a good time. Let's go. And yet, throughout the whole experience, you kept, you know, I'm not gonna hurt you. Like, I'm not gonna hurt you. And like, you know, like tap out. You know, let me know like this. And, and like, you knew I had a bad shoulder. And so like, there's one um, you're showing me, and you're like, oh well, let's switch shoulders. So I don't yeah. hurt your yeah. shoulder again. Um, so you you did a great job of making the experience light and fun. And and you know, I, I like I understand. Like I'm. Like, yeah, there's not, there's very low risk of me getting hurt. Like, and I understood that coming in. And I also understood if I do get hurt, it's because we're fighting, uh, you know, like we're grappling that there's a chance of that. Um, but I think doing that with someone I knew doing that with somebody I trust, um, it was just a super fun experience. And, you know, and you didn't, you didn't make it serious, although it's something you're serious about. And I was mm-hmm. there for that reason, because it's something that you deeply care about and enjoy. And I wanted to understand and learn more. Um, it, it was just really fun. It was super fun. I remember there was, I can't remember what it was. We were, you know, we were grappling on the ground. And I, I think like I had messed something up or whatever. And I just started dying laughing. And we were just like on the yeah, ground laughing or something stupid. Cause I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's so fun though. But you, you, 
like I had, you know, like you said, we worked together, I don't know, a year or so. Yeah. Maybe more. I don't know. And, and then like, I'd seen you laugh a few times, but not like that. You were having a good time, you know, like you were joking a lot, like, oh, it's happening. Whatever you were saying, you know, I can't stop it. Right. Um, well, and I think it's and- something, too, about like being because, I mean, like it is a really intimate setting. Like you are body to body with this other person. Like it, it yeah. does take an amount of vulnerability to be in that position. Um, mm-hmm. You know, especially in a, a situation that you are completely unfamiliar with. And um, I was actually listening to a, um, Alan Alda's podcast today. So I'm talking about empathy. Um, his guest was on and they said that laughter is directly correlated with vulnerability. And um, their studies show that those who do not leave themselves vulnerable are less likely to laugh and have more laughter. And laughter comes with more vulnerability. Um, and so for, for me in that instance, you know, I was, I was being so open and Mm -hmm. trying my best to understand and understand you and understand the technique and the fighting. And I tried to make myself as vulnerable as possible. And that's where the laughter comes from. You're just open. There's no stress. And let me commend you for that because you, that is the right attitude. So if, if, if someone is considering doing jujitsu or maybe you just started or you're training, like that to me is the attitude you need to have. I'm vulnerable, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm going to go in there and willing to lose and learn, right? Because if I lose, I'm learning. Mm-hmm. It's not about winning. It's not the tap game as I call it. Right. It's, you know, because if it was just about, going from A to B and tapping someone, like, what is that? You know, like, yes, there's right. a reason for that. You want to be efficient in that area and you want to drill that, but you, you know, but you also want to have good roles and good scrambles where you're actually learning, you know, flowing better. And it's not just this, you know, um, competition, right? Because it's just always a competition. You're not, you're not truly, in my opinion, learning everything that you can about maneuvering around the body on the ground yeah. to be in the best position that you can be to then apply a submission. And it's not even all about applying submissions. Like I said, my, I live for the, what I call the flow. That's what I love. So, but for you to come in and have the attitude, I think is, is, is so important to, to laugh like you did and to have a good time. And, 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 and it reminded me a lot of myself. That's, that's what I enjoy when I'm really having a good time. My instructor's like that, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, you know, we'll roll, just laughing at each other. And I could tell when he gets serious because he stops laughing. He's just done messing with me. Right. Right. It's like, all of a sudden, it's like, <laughs> I'll, laugh, I'll be laughing and he'll be like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, just, <laughs> it's like not a real laugh, but it's kind of like this, like, yeah, I'm going to get you. And then, you know, and it's just, you know, he's just done. Right. And he's just, you know, and he's just trying to go. He's really hyper focusing on, on finishing this, this match. Right. And, uh, I, I, I appreciate that about him. Um, you know, I, some of the best roles I have for guys are one of the, one of the, you know, there's a guy named Ryan. He's so good. Mm-hmm. So good. he has his own gym and, um, he's just laughs the whole time. Role. I mean, he's just doing all kinds of, he does anything he wants with you. Right. Yeah. And he's just laughing at you about it. Right. Not <laughs> at you. It's just, he's just laughing. He's having a good time. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that makes me feel comfortable too. When yeah. my partner's doing that, you know, just, he's having fun. He's not trying to kill me. Like I'm not in there to be, you know, 
yeah, I, look, I don't want to go in there and fight for my life. I want to go in there and learn. I want to mm-hmm. go in there and get a workout and train my mind and, um, you know, do jujitsu. I'm not in there to, you know, compete and you know do all this tapping necessarily. I don't. Mm-hmm. If you did it regularly, you might understand a little bit better what I'm right. talking about. But no, um, I, I'm 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 very happy. I experienced what I did. I'm very happy I got to experience with you. Um, you know, it was it was genuinely an an experience that I've never had before. <laughs> um, it was, and like I said, I I don't think I've ever sweat that much in my yeah. life. Like I was literally drenched in sweat like it was oh, yeah. it was crazy it was an incredible workout very very good workout we weren't even wearing geese you know we were yeah. going no gi which is called no gi there's you know because i train in a gi and you know you train like that and your, your gi would just be covered in sweat mm. and you know, for for the listeners could you explain what a gi is real quick it's a karate suit <laughs> so if, if you've seen basically any stereotypical karate thing that's a yeah, gi <laughs> Yeah, what is it? Um, the gi, I think, it has a Japanese origin or something, right? Right. Um, but it's thick. It's a. It's usually mm-hmm. a thicker material for jujitsu. It doesn't. It's not a karate uniform. Let me get. Let me make sure I'm clear. Step um, back real quick. But that's you know what people can imagine, right? If they picture right. a karate uniform, they they know what a gi is, right? Like if you've watched Cobra Kai or Karate Kid, you know, right? Like. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. They're, you know, usually thicker and, mm-hmm. you know, they're built differently, a little, 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 little better fit. So we're coming up on time for the end of the show. But uh, before we sign off, um, is there, I guess, two things um, for someone who is interested, you know, whether they've been thinking about it a long time or they just listened to this episode and, you know, this is their first time really learning about it. Um, what what would you say to them? Um, like in terms of just how do they go about getting into it and, you know, a tip for just how to prepare for getting into it. Yeah, I mean, those are really good. Uh, you know, I would say if you're, you know, first of all, if you want to do it, right, if there's something you want to do, the heart, I man, I'm going to tell you, it takes a long time to become a black belt, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you're, I mean, maybe eight years if you train all the time and you you go constantly, but on average, you're looking about anywhere from 10 to 12 years to get a black belt in jujitsu. Take some guys 15. It just depends on how often you're able to go. And I went pretty consistently, you know, I mean, I went two to four days a week, you know, wow. coach, you know, sometimes I would lead class in the mornings and I did all kinds of stuff. I did, you know, um, but the, the, the point is, is, Go with the expectation of just, I'm going to go and learn just like you did. I'm going to experience this. I'm going to give it a try, you know, and where the pressure really starts to come in is once you start to belt, once you start to become a blue belt, which is takes about a year. Um, But let me, let me go back a little further. Walk into the gym. That's the hardest part of the journey. Walking into the gym was way harder than earning a a black belt 11 years later. Hmm. That that was the hardest part of my journey was actually going into the gym that first day, taking that first step. I was terrified, you know? And if you can do that, you can complete, you can do whatever it is you want to do, you know, like um, that's over. That's done. You've already done that. You know, you went in there. Yeah. 
I mean, I didn't. Really, I knew Sean. I don't even know if he was there that day. I don't remember. Maybe he was. I think he was. But uh, my first day, I don't think he was there. Um, but you know, go in right, and then when you start training, just know that like you know, once you start to belt, you know, like people are. You know, some people could tap you, you know, that are maybe they're not as good or I wouldn't say not as good. That's not what I mean. Maybe they're a lower belt and they can get you or, you know, because age, weight, ability, athletic ability, all these things play a part. Right. But you don't get a black belt because you tap everybody in the gym, you know, um, or because you're the best. Right. You get a black belt because you 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 now you did the time to learn the basics of jujitsu. Right. Right. You now know the what you need to know. Like I know the basics now. So now what I need to do is actually learn jujitsu, <laughs> you know, because it's, <laughs> it's so complex, but, um, but yeah, you should go. Um, just do it. Just do it. Just get in there and go and, you know, uh, just do the best you can and keep an open mind. I loved your attitude. And there's another point I wanted to make and I can't remember what it was. I'm worried about time, but, um, <sighs> review me on that question again. What was it? Um, just how somebody should go about just like getting started and then what, you know, how they can prepare their cell themselves for getting started, you know, whether it be physically for, or a mindset thing. Um, yeah. I mean, one thing like, um, when you messaged me, you know, I think, you know, like I said, my response was, I was like, Oh, I don't know how successful I'd be. And so that was like immediate, like successful, like success at this. And you responded, no, you're going to suck. Like you're going to suck right away. And of course that's incredibly humbling. Cause I'm like, yeah, I don't, I, of course I'm going to suck. I'm not going to be <laughs> successful. It's not about, but you know, that was the thing is it's not about success. It's about learning. It's yes. about the experience. And as soon as I stepped into the gym, I understood that. And I, Yes. And, and you, I think you have to, if you, the more, I guess, humble you are, you know, like I had some humility when I walked in there, but I have even more humility, I, you know, after training, because I know I could get beat. I get beat all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. So I don't, if I get in a street fight, I know I could get beat out there. I, I'm not, you know, I, and not be able to do anything. It's a, it's a humbling experience, you know? Um, but it's also empowering knowing that you can beat somebody and or at least you, you can hang. Right. Right. Empowering, man. It's like I can hang for a second. I don't need to submit you in the street. All I need to do is fight you long enough and get away. Yeah. You know? And so that's a, that's very empowering. But you know, as far as like the, I think, you know, probably the people that might have the hardest time is if you um, you know, if you are very you know, maybe, maybe you, you've got muscles and you've got an ego or whatever, and you, and you think you can do something right. You know, like I can go in there and do that, you know, um, mm -hmm. that those guys that have the hardest time because they get beat up, you know? And, and so I think just going into it, knowing that if I'm tapping, I'm learning, if I'm getting beat, I'm learning. It's not about winning. It's about learning. You know, that's, I mean, that's, that's how you do it. I just, just go in there and you just get your butt kicked, you know, and it's, it's okay. You know, you become friends with those guys. There you so, go, folks. Uh, go in and learn a thing or two. <laughs> <laughs> but I would also recommend watching some videos on jujitsu. Yeah, YouTube. Go look it up. Look up, you know, learn, you know, watch some technique. On, you know, um, like I have, I don't put up regular content, but I have an Instagram 
dedicated to jujitsu. It's oh, how, really? how to BJJ. So it's how underscore to underscore BJJ, but mm-hmm. how to BJJ. And there's also a YouTube page. It's the same thing, how to BJJ. And you can go there and I have just put up some content just talking about some basics. I talk about etiquette in there on that. Yeah. And I talk about just stuff like washing your gi, you know, other etiquette things like cutting your nails, you know, things that you should know. Mm-hmm. Like, did you know that you go in as a white belt, you shouldn't ask a blue belt to roll. You, you shouldn't ask any higher belts to roll. Right. right? There's a certain etiquette. And so I'll talk about that kind of stuff. I talk about technique. I talk about getting into the gym for the first time, you know, just kind of, you know, I, we did that just because I felt like it needed to be done. I mean, there's other guys that do it, but I just had a, I I just wanted to share with other people what I'd learned and, you know, maybe it helped somebody to get in or maybe it helped current jujitsu practitioners stay in it longer. Cause a lot of times people quit after blue belt, they get their blue belt. Oh, really? Yeah. Why do you think that is? man, there's lots of reasons, you know, I mean, I would recommend anybody get a blue belt and quit if that's what you want to do, right? At least, you know, something. Yeah. That's your plan. I mean, stick with it is what I would say, but at least, you know, something, right. Um, but I think a lot of times they quit because, you know, maybe they get stagnant and, or maybe they're, you know, they're getting beat or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons, but it's, it's a, it's a humbling experience, man. (laughs) It's, it's a humbling experience. And just because you get a black belt or whatever doesn't mean that I, you know, that I can't get tapped or caught yep. by a guy that uh, doesn't have as much much experience. And, you know, and I have to be ready for that. And that's, you know, that's, sometimes it can be stressful to think about. Um, but I got to remember that's not my journey, you know. You know, and, and uh, in any stance, I guess you can come across a guy like me that'll just make you sweat, <laughs> and then uh, you'll throw him into submission. <laughs> Man, tell you what, you you learn some jujitsu, boy. Oh. I'll become be difficult to deal with, Kalen. <laughs> All right. We are up on time. Uh, before we sign off, uh, is there anything that you want to plug um, for today's episode? Anything you want people to check out on your end? Um, yeah, I mean, like I, you know, had the, uh, if you want to learn a little bit more about jujitsu, I would say you could check out how to BJJ on YouTube or Instagram. There's a lot of videos that I have up there. Like I said, I don't post content all the time, but I have the basics up there that I feel comfortable having. That's great. Um, you know, where I train in Austin, Texas is Cooper MMA. That's uh, coopermma.com. And it's up north. It's near, it's kind of near Cedar Park on the edge of Austin. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we have a great facility there. Sean's wonderful. Uh, Sean Cooper, he trains under Clever Luciano, who's out of uh, uh, Huntington Beach in California. And, and Clever is a champion, uh, champion Brazilian Jiu Jitsu um, practitioner, Master Clever. And uh, he's like a six, you know, he's a black belt, six stripe. Gosh, I that and uh, really good. So, but yeah. That's about it, man. All, All right, folks. Yeah, thank you for joining me. That's uh, that's Brazilian jiu-jitsu. That was, uh, um, yeah, it, it, like I said, from my one experience, even if you go in just once or you decide to, you know, take it further, it's um, it's incredible and it's it's honestly really rejuvenating. So I, uh, I suggest if you're thinking about it, do it because chances are it's going to be worth it. Um, but that'll do it for today's episode of In All Sincerity. Patrick, thank you for joining us. Awesome. All right. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to In All Sincerity. If you want to find out more about our show and other shows on the Podcast Without Borders Network, 
make sure you check out our website at podcastwithoutborders.com. If you want to contact us, send us an email at pwbnetwork at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on social media on Facebook and Instagram so you can see all of our updates on our shows and what's going on at the network. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all in the next episode.